the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled, The Healing Day. That's The Healing Day, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxenteco with today's Reaching Your Heart, the second portion of The Healing Day. You cannot make yourself whole and healthy deep within the mind, nor can I. It's not possible for us to do this. You cannot clean the well deep within the emotions, nor can anyone else in the world. But when Christ speaks to you, Jesus has the power and the authority to heal because God has placed His seal upon the Son of God and Christ has a right to heal you whether you feel like it or not, whether others say you can be whole or not. By faith in Christ you can be healed. And when Jesus spoke to the woman, it was Genesis all over again in the synagogue that day. And whenever Jesus speaks the Word of God, God speaks through Jesus to you on the healing day. Let there be light and life all over again. You see, God's not restricted to the past. The same power that hung the worlds in space, that determined the quantum reality of subspace reality that is so minute we can never see it. He knows you better than you'll ever know yourself. And He has authority to heal you in His own terms, not yours. So the call of Jesus is followed by the verdict of Jesus, which introduces the miracle of God's finished work into her unfinished life. In Luke 13, 12, Jesus said, Woman, you are freed from your infirmity. Now the Greek perfect tense use of the verb implies that she was freed in the past and her release continues through time to that moment in time. It's a radical use of the Greek language here. He could have said it with an aorist verb, which means right now, But he chose a perfect verb to show that it happened. And now we see the results. So he's not basing his action on what is. He's basing his action on something that has been. Christ healed the woman by telling her to receive his healing. That it was already a done deal and a finished work in the mind and heart of God because of grace. She didn't start with something insecure to be healed. She was released by the truth that preceded her encounter with Jesus and even her problem, a truth that went deeper into the eternal covenant, deep inside the name and heart of God that goes back into eternity. The Sabbath is the healing day because God heals us all through His finished work that is complete in Jesus because God's will for your life is a finished concept in Jesus. The book of Hebrews teaches that we enter into the gospel rest of God just as God rested from His works on the seventh day. God's will and God's action preceded His touch to heal. God's election. I use that word because it's used in Scripture. God's election secured her selection. And God's love and God's favor preceded her knowledge of Jesus or His healing in her life. Using the Greek perfect verb, Jesus said, your weakness or your infirmity has already been released. 
and the effects go on. That's what the verb communicates. The Greek word for release also means to forgive. The bent over woman who could not stand straight unless she realized that she was already released and already forgiven for that secret stuff that went back 18 years to that then with the capital T. We don't know what the stuff was. Luke doesn't tell us. And we, you know, we don't need to know. That's between her and Jesus. Just like your problem is between you and Jesus. We don't need to know what that stuff was. But we know Jesus forgave it and He released her from it a long time ago. And this is the gospel we all need on the healing day. The use of the Greek perfect verb indicates that her weakness has already been forgiven. And the healing installments were an ongoing truth because of a finished work. Now I know where that's coming from. That's the Sabbath teaching. God finished His works from the foundation of the world. When Christ died on the cross, He didn't say, I have a new plan. He said, what was complete in the mind and heart of God has been inaugurated, but it was finished from the foundations of the earth. He is confirming God's statement of creation. Dear heart, our God does not goof up. He doesn't have to come up with a plan B. Jesus was His plan A, and it's the only plan He's ever had. And it's a finished work in Jesus. The Greek verb indicates that she is still forgiven. That means release and forgiveness persist with grace that continues in her life. And when forgiveness and release persist, grace and peace persist from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's apply it. For the bent over Christian who can't straighten up, there is grace and peace for you. Did you hear me? For the bent over Christian who can't straighten up, There's grace and peace for you that's been waiting for you in Jesus. Maybe you asked God to forgive you in the past and maybe you feel crunched over today because you have sinned. And you know the sin that makes you bend double in church and no one can see. Or because you have been held captive inside your own head by something you did to yourself or something that someone did to you. Or maybe both. And you don't think you can escape the legacy of that stuff in your life. Let's make it practical. Maybe you believe that you were forgiven but you also didn't let it go. You kind of hung on to the problem. Or it didn't let go of you is a better way of saying it. Maybe you were traumatized and that trauma persists today. Maybe you cringe when you think about that man in church or that woman in church who said that thing to you that kicked you where faith should not be kicked and you have the wound to this day. Maybe that's you. God has willed to heal people from the effects of pain and the mistakes in their past and the sins and assaults of others. He has willed it to be true for everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, you have already been released and forgiven. That's an amazing statement. The gospel is based on the truth that God has forgiven you in Jesus already. He has released you from the condemnation of the law in Jesus already. The cross, while it is the forgiveness of God, is a revelation of what was in the heart and mind of God from eternity. There was always a will for God to forgive His people. That means Jesus is the guarantee of God's everlasting covenant for you. And that's why God the Father has placed on Jesus the seal of the living God. That's why Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, because you are finished by faith before you start with Jesus. He is the finished work of God for you. Revelation 5.1, John says, Grace and peace from God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. In verse 5, notice what he says. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings on the earth, to him who loves us. Is that past or present? What is it? It's present. And has freed us from our sins by his blood. Is that past or present? That's past. And by His blood is the key. You see, the cross is the place where it happens. 
That's why Paul will say God was in Christ, not counting our sins against us. In Christ, it has always been in the heart of God to forgive His people. And the cross is the demonstration of what was in the mind of God from eternity in the past. The Bible teaches that Jesus has freed us from our sins by His blood at the cross. It also teaches He loves you today, every day, for the rest of your life in Jesus. You have been forgiven in Him. And it still stands in the gospel that you are forgiven in Him. Now, the key word is in Him. If you don't have Him, you don't have any of this. If you have Jesus, you have life, John says. Action number one, Jesus called out to her. Action number two, Jesus spoke the verdict of finished grace to her. Action number three, Jesus touched her. It's not enough to hear that you have been forgiven. When you're lonely and you have a hard time feeling it deep inside, you have to be touched to be healed. The warm embrace of Christ is not a word spoken aloof from a pulpit that makes no sense. The embrace of Christ is a touch that is felt in the heart and on the back that is bent over double. And so he touched her. He didn't just tell her what God had done. He touched her. Luke 13, 13 says literally in the Greek that Jesus laid the hands upon her. Not just any hands. He laid the hands upon her. The hands that healed touched her. The hands that made the universe touched her. The hands that are the extension of God's mind and heart and will touched her and held her. This isolated person in her own mind who had a psychosomatic disorder was touched and held by the mighty hands of Christ. Action number one, He called out to her. Action number two, He spoke His verdict of God's finished grace to her. Action number three, He touched her with the hands that heal. And action number four is the final action. The final action of the sequence, Jesus rebuilt her, it says in the Greek, immediately. My English translation says she was immediately straightened. The Greek is more precise than the Revised Standard Version here. The verb anorthao means to rebuild and to restore. She was bent over because she was broken down inside. She was bent over because she was broken down inside. He lifted her life. He restored her. He built her back inside in a moment. Not in a 10-year plan for self-renewal in a moment as faith laid hold of a Savior and a healer. God's plan for her was secured. She believed and she received what God had for her. He lifted her life and He restored her from the illness and the infirmity and the weakness of the mind that had made her a slave to Satan. And Jesus built her back. You don't have to wait a lifetime to be freed from the power of a broken life in the here and now. That's what the Bible's teaching The call of Jesus, the verdict of Jesus, and the touch from the hands of Jesus have power to restore you right now. The divine carpenter who repaired and straightened those bent boards in Joseph's carpenter's shop had no problem straightening the back and the life of the woman who was bent. The gospel has never been easy for theological kind of people. Did you hear what I said? The gospel has never been easy for theological kind of people. Here's why. Because this is simply too radical for a complicated mind. And that's why Christ said to receive the kingdom, we must become as little children. God is not a reflection of you and your attitudes. God is the ultimate moral being in this universe. My favorite theologian says the justice of God required that he forgive the sinner. Not just the love of God. That's radical. There has always been in the mind and heart of God the everlasting covenant. God's compact with Himself, which is a unilateral covenant, that He would act when we could not, that He would save the universe from the moral decisions of rebellion, 
he would interact and he would save and in the end he would die to save us all. And we know that the future is not some future thing to God because he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Christ says this, he spoke of the resurrection which is in the future. What God will do cannot be separated from what God is and has done and who he is in the past. That's why it is not a covenant that comes about. It is the everlasting covenant. And the book of Revelation calls it the everlasting gospel. It's not just good news now. It's always been good news. Good news in the heart of God made new and true to us when we receive it and understand it. It's good news everlasting. The gospel has never been easy for theological kind of people. They find complicated arguments to deny the simple truth that is the most profound truth a person can know in life that Jesus Christ was given as an installment that is eternal and complete that God has forgiven us in his heart. And at the cross, he made it effectual. And when you receive it, you are justified by faith. But dear heart, in the heart of God, in Christ, the plan was secure and God found a way. And you were accepted in Jesus long ago. That's what the Bible teaches. Luke 13, 14, But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. There are many preachers and teachers who distance themselves from the Jewish people. I'm not one of them. They teach believers that the Sabbath is done away with and it's wrong to come to Jesus on the healing day to hear the call and word of Christ, the verdict of Christ, declaring God's finished work of grace and to feel the touch of the hands that heal on the Sabbath day, which is the healing day. They say, don't do it, it's legalism. And they preach that the Sabbath is against the gospel. I've heard it. Dear heart, it's not legalism to seek the healer of your life on the healing day. It's not against the gospel to come to Christ on the day that points to Christ as the healer of the human race. It's not a sin to accept the finished work of grace in Jesus on the Sabbath day and to feel your mind and heart healed when the hands that died for you reach out to you to touch you and give you rest and healing in your life. It's not wrong to believe that Jesus who healed the woman then heals today then he builds up the life that is bent down with an infirmity of the mind. It's not legalism. I can say from experience that Jesus is in the Holy Sabbath day. That God has put his seal on Jesus because I have felt it. Now, that's a subjective argument, but I have felt it. I know it to be true that what I find in this day is Jesus. I'll tell you right now, if God nailed his law to the cross... And he did away with all of it. I'd hang on to the Sabbath anyway. Because I found Jesus in the Sabbath day. The Sabbath is not a legalistic day for Christians to avoid. And God did not nail his law to the cross. It is the Lord's day. It is the healing day. The ruler of the synagogue was not rebuking the woman in the story. He was rebuking Jesus for healing on the Sabbath day. Christ's answer is timeless and definitive for all preachers ever after who try to separate the healing power of Christ from the Sabbath day. Luke 13, 15. Then the Lord said to him, You hypocrites, do not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his ass from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And he said this, all of his adversaries were put to shame and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. Christ taught that the healing day is about freedom and the good news of God's grace for you. Spiritual bondage has no place in the Sabbath day. Christ loosed the woman and led her to the water of life on the Sabbath day. She was a daughter of Abraham and she deserved to be freed on that day. 
It's funny, I've heard preachers do their level best to prevent Christians from coming to church on Saturday to hear the gospel and experience the healing of Christ's power. They think that if they go to church like that woman did on the synagogue day, which is the healing day, and they hear the words of Christ on the Sabbath, that somehow they'll be betraying the gospel. That is impossible thinking. They act like the Sabbath day will destroy you or that the Christian life will be corrupted by the word of God on the healing day. The early Christian church knew better than this. In the 4th century, Christians all over the world heard the Word of God. They experienced the Lord's Supper, and they did it on the Sabbath day. And we have historical proof of this. I'm quoting from the great church historian of the 4th century, whose name was Socrates. It's a different Socrates than the Greek philosopher who lived just before Alexander the Great was born. Here is the simple statement of Christian history given by this respected church father, who was a father of what we call the Orthodox Church at Constantinople, which would later become the Roman Catholic Church. Here's what he says. For although almost all churches throughout the world celebrate the sacred mysteries on the Sabbath of every week, that means that's what Christians are doing all over the world. They're keeping the Sabbath. Yet the Christians of Alexandria and at Rome, on account of some ancient tradition, have ceased to do this. Then he gives us a little more information. The Egyptians in the neighborhood of Alexandria and the inhabitants of Thebius hold their religious assemblies on the Sabbath, but do not participate in the mysteries in the manner usual among Christians in general. So in general, all over the world, except Alexandria and Rome, because of human tradition, they were keeping the Sabbath day. This is a fourth century statement. This was moving back and forth. But to argue that Sunday was somehow a universal Sabbath for Christianity, in the 4th century, Saturday was the universal Sabbath for Christianity. The seventh day has always been the healing day. It's still good to heal on the Sabbath day. It doesn't change at the end of time what was true for four centuries in the Christian church. Deep inside, you can't change the truth of God's grace with any tradition. Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is the Lord's day in the New Testament. God has placed His seal of creative power to heal upon Jesus because Jesus is the Son of Man. And Christ's hands, the hands that healed, not a hand, but the hands that healed, chose the Sabbath day as a special healing day in His ministry. I, for one, am very happy that the Sabbath is exactly what it is, the sign of the everlasting covenant, the seal of the living God, and that God has placed His seal upon the Son because God's name is in Jesus. When I look in the Christian world today, I see a lot of hurting people, a lot of hurting people in Christian churches who need the touch of Jesus on the healing day. They're not getting it on Sunday. The day is full of all kinds of activities. You know, they go to church, then they go and they go to a ball game afterwards. And I used to do that. I know because I used to keep Sunday and I keep the Sabbath. And I know there's a difference in my own experience. I know the Word of God teaches there's a difference. According to Scripture, the Sabbath is the sign and seal of the living God. Instituted creation, the Sabbath bears witness to the truth of the everlasting covenant of God's grace that brought Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary. John says in John 6, 27, God has placed His seal upon the Son of God to heal. The Sabbath is a sign and a seal that you are finished by faith before you start. It is a seal that reveals the person and power of Jesus Christ to heal the world and to heal you to heal the church. For these reasons, Saturday, not Sunday, is the healing day. I just have to say it like it is. Saturday, not Sunday, is the healing day. In the book of Revelation, the four angels hold back the four winds of strife until the servants of God are sealed in their foreheads. In Deuteronomy 6, 8, the Bible is very clear. The law of God 
is to go between your eyes. That's where the seal of God goes. To be sealed means to be healed by the implementation of that part of the law of God that points to Jesus as the healer of the human race. That's what the book of Revelation is saying. And it goes on. That's why God instituted the seventh day as the healing day in the ministry of Jesus, even though it was the sign of His creative power. It's the sealing day because sealing means to be healed. And to be healed, you must rest in Jesus' finished work for you. I'll tell you why evolution has slipped into the church. The Christian church. Now, I'll tell you why men and women don't believe Jesus died for them. It's because they've forgotten the Sabbath day. Because the Sabbath is a proof and an experience in time that renews the truth of who God is at creation and who God is at the cross. And if we disbelieve the sign that seals us in Jesus, then we will disbelieve Jesus eventually. To be healed, you must rest in Jesus' finished work for you. Christ made it very clear just before the tribulation, Matthew 25, 20. It says in verse 14, the gospel go to the world. It says in verse 15, you better understand the book of Daniel, that abomination of desolation. Then he says in verse 20, you better be praying hard and keeping the Sabbath day before the tribulation. Now Christ knew that this experience here was for the future. He said, pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath day. Long after his death on the cross. Revelation 7, 1 to 3, after this I saw four angels stand at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees till we have sealed, here it is, till we have sealed the servants of our God upon their foreheads. That's an amazing statement. Just before Jesus returns, the book of Revelation indicates that there will be a special message to the Christian world to heal the servants of God from that medieval problem that has removed the seal of God from their foreheads. To be healed means to be sealed. And the healing day is the sealing day. And the servants of God at the end of time that are Christians need to receive the seal of the living God. They don't become Christians when they discover the Sabbath. They're already Christians. But God has a message for the end of time that will put his seal upon people that love him profoundly in a larger context. Good Christians at the end of time need what Jesus gave the woman in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Worshippers need to be healed. The four divine actions experienced on the healing day are necessary for the sealing of the servants of God at the end of time. Let's review them. Action number one. In the word of God, Jesus calls out to you on the Sabbath day to come to him. The call is on the healing day. Action number two, Jesus delivers the verdict of God's finished grace and release on the Sabbath day. Action number three, Jesus touches you with the hands that heal on the Holy Sabbath. Action number four, on the Sabbath day, the hands that heal rebuild and restore the life that has been over and broken down. That's what he wants to do for you on the healing day. Sabbath is not a call to legalism. I've spoken directly today because the Scripture speaks directly on this point. The Sabbath is a call from Jesus to be healed on the healing day. It points to Him. And so God waits at the end of time for His servants, Christians in many places of this world. He waits for the servants of God who love Him to be healed from what has happened in the Middle Ages and to be sealed on the healing day with the seal of the living God. Why is this important? Because God has set His seal upon Jesus Christ. Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. 
And the Sabbath day is the healing day. Thanks for listening today. If this message is ministered to you, remember there are many more just like it at reachingyourheart.com. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts. And you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. These are urgent times and God has an urgent message. God's message in Revelation is one of warning and encouragement. And it's a personal appeal to all of mankind. It is his final message before sweeping changes occur across the globe. Events that will take place just prior to Christ's second coming. You see, God doesn't want his church to be surprised by the events that will take place. He wants his church ready for his return. We have a book titled God's Last Altar Call that will encourage you and help you understand what events must take place as found in the book of Revelation. We'll send you this book for a donation of any amount and pray that you will be encouraged to know that you can discern the events that must take place prior to his second coming. Please call at any time, 24-7-888-244-HOPE. And with a donation of any amount, we'll send the book right out to you entitled God's Last Altar Call. We pray that you will be lifted up by the biblical insights in this book and grow spiritually in your walk with Christ. Join us again next time for another edition of Reaching Your Heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.